ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the shadow realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. this show's frontman and main host. Well folks, since it's a brand new month and we took last week off to kind of recharge and recoup from everything that's going on, I figured at least to start this month off and this week with something fresh instead of a Lost Media episode featuring the Covert cast, an Electric Eye episode, something other, or one of our own episodes from a few years ago. So I figured I'd do a review of something that I picked up on Voodoo this past Black Friday and give it a watch and uh, let you know what my thoughts are and uh, the review. And what I picked up was the animated Babylon 5 film titled Babylon 5 The Road Home. This, uh, let me say this, for those of you who have never seen Babylon 5, it's on, I think it's on like Tubi or Pluto TV. It's on a free uh, service right now, I think. Plus, you can find it, uh, I think, on you can find it on YouTube. It just got uh, remastered. Uh, it's one of those sci-fi programs that's very underrated. Uh, a lot of fans like myself uh, would say that uh, it was the, I won't say it was, but you have a lot of fans that would go toe-to-toe with Star Trek fans. Uh, I should say, not just Star Trek fans, Star Trek DS9 fans. Because this show was out roughly when DS9 was in its heyday. And the rumor has it that uh, the creator of Babylon 5, J. Michael Straczynski, were, um, went to Paramount in regards to selling this show uh, to go on air uh, through syndication or what have you, and Paramount turned them down only to, for a few years later, start to put out Star Trek DS9, which when you watch Babylon 5, you're going to see a lot of uh, influences or similarities between it and DS9, Star Trek DS9. Um, so that's where the rumor comes in, and a lot of folks have asked, uh, this is going by memory, uh, have asked JMS or J. Michael Straczynski, uh, why didn't he go after Paramount? Why didn't he sue Paramount? Uh, he And his reply was, well, I didn't want to make waves. Uh, at the time, I was a uh, still a writer, an up-and-coming person. I still wanted to have jobs in Hollywood. And therefore, I didn't want to create those waves and be blacklisted. But uh, Warner Brothers picked up the show, Babylon 5. And with these two similarities and how J- JMS uh, kind of handled the situation in regards to fans spreading the word about the show because it was a syndicated show. It was also tied into uh, the a kind of a mini network called PTEN, Primetime Entertainment Network, that was trying to be a thing back in the late 90s. Uh, 
but it kind of failed. But the only two successors at the time, or the main su successor, or the only show that survived was Babylon 5. And so therefore it was underrated, underrated and it went into syndication. Many places did pick it up. Uh, but that's not important right now. What is important is this. Do you need to watch uh, Babylon 5, the series, in regards to it? Uh, before I go into this animated movie, um, I will say this. Yes, I think what Kate kept Babylon 5 alive in a lot of uh, places and kept in, uh, it in uh, syndication and ratings is because of its rivalry with Star Trek DS9, but that's just one fellow's opinion. Um, there were uh, things that came out while Babylon 5 was uh, airing that they wanted to have a marriage between uh, two of the main characters, and when the folks at DS, uh, Star Trek DS9 found out, they pretty much got ahead of the game and had two of their main characters marry on screen, and therefore... Uh, JMS had to kind of adjust uh, the episode writings for that, so uh, it was just kind of glossed over to much to the fans' dismay. Uh, but either way, it's underrated. Find out where it is. I think it's on Tubi. Uh, hold on a second. Yes, it is streaming on Tubi for free, so you're more than welcome to watch it on Tubi and not have to pay a dime. But if you wish to support uh, those who made Tubi and put it out, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, find it on places like Amazon Prime for $1.99 episode and Vudu for $1.99 episode. Plus, you could find it on YouTube uh, starting from $2.99 and Google Play Movies and TV for $2.99. But I, I recommend at least watching it on Tubi. Uh, that way, if you're not sure of uh, how you'd feel about this underrated program, that way you can, in essence, try before you buy. Or if you have a DVD player or a uh, something that takes DVDs or Blu-rays, uh, Check your local library and see if they have it to rent for a little while. That way you could, again, try it before you buy and actually uh, rent it. Uh, and uh, you could see the bonus features that come with those sets. Uh, I doubt a lot of uh, libraries would have Babylon 5. But if your library does have Babylon 5 as a TV set, please leave a comment down below uh, if you're listening to us on Good Pods or the Podbean app, so or let us know via email if you your library does so, or if you have watched Babylon 5, and if you did, did you watch Babylon 5, The Road Home? So, now, in regards to Babylon 5, The Road Home, uh, I'm again, I'm not sure exactly where this takes place in the timeline. I think it takes place roughly after the la last episode and right before some of the movies did uh, begin uh, in regards to some aspects. Uh, if you are a fan or you don't remember the series that well, again, I recommend heading, hitting up 
Tubi and watching at least uh, the first season and the second season because those two seasons have relevant episodes to what you'd be watching. Uh, But all in all, I don't think you'd need to be a fan to watch this. Uh, A lot of the fans, or a lot when this came out, a lot of the folks that I've been, you know, when this did air, a lot of folks came out saying they didn't like it, they weren't sure about it, um, just some negativity, not overall like you'd hear from a lot of uh, sci-fi and fantasy detractors. Uh, I wasn't really on Twitter that time, uh, during that run, or I didn't really see a lot of stuff on Twitter in regards to overall negativity in regards to certain things, but uh, most of that negativity did come from fans and I think it was mainly about the story or the animation style uh, since the animation style is more of an anime style or close to an anime style uh, I do understand where some of that hate or dislike came from because not many people are into an anime or an animation style they probably would have preferred a uh, a style that was closer to live action and with a lot of the cast uh, passed away over the years between the show ending and uh, this in essence movie Uh, I will say this uh, I think what might have hurt any chance of a reboot or a continuation or what have you uh, was the low numbers in regards to this or the fact that it had a large initial buy or rent and it kind of faded away and there was it was just like a burst in the night in regards to some things could have hurt any chance of a re- that remake or a reboot or continuation not to mention we just had sev- a several month uh, writers strike and a actor strike so that probably hurt things and from what I've been seeing with the whole Stargate uh, SG-1 and Atlantis and uh, Universe community uh, it's hard to get these revamps up and running because uh, shows like Babylon 5 and Stargate the whole Stargate Universe ordeal is a very niche and underrated communities because the Star Trek and Star Wars and the Marvel Universe are right now the biggest thing and even today the Star Trek Universe is still a juggernaut and when you have in the uh, mid 90s mid to late 90s and early 2000s when you had uh, up-and-coming shows like Babylon 5, uh, Hercules, Legendary Journeys, Xena, Buffy, and uh, even cable shows, those were syndicated shows, and cable shows uh, like Stargate and uh, 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 Farscape were shows that kind of broke past uh, the whole aspect of Star Trek is the juggernaut. If it's not Star Trek, it ain't not. I should say, if it's not Star Trek or Star Wars, it ain't nothing. Those shows proved that there was a 
a realm out there for fans to sink their teeth in and that there were uh, aspects of the sci-fi. Even, I'm going to go as far as this, the whole revamp of Battlestar Galactica and how much of a success. All those shows, because Hercules, Xena lasted seven years. Um, Babylon 5 initially last five years. Five years, that was his initial run. It had three or four movies in regards, uh, like TV movies. It had a, a spin-off, sh like one spin-off show that lasted maybe about a half a season. Uh, that was its own issues. But you had Stargate that lasted 10 seasons. SG-1 that lasted 10 seasons. Um, Atlantis that lasted five or six seasons. Uh, though Stargate Universe only lasted one. Far, uh, Farscape lasted four. Um, Battlestar Galactica, Galactica lasted like four or five seasons. Uh, heck, Walking Dead. La it might be not be a sci-fi, but it's kind of a horror genre type series. That lasted 11 years. It, the, all this proves that Star Trek does not have to be the rule. You have all these exceptions that lasted many years. And you have folks like me, old heads like me, that kind of want to watch this. But it's also proving to the executives out there that it, there's not that big of a market. As much as we want to uh, yell to the winds that, hey, streaming's a thing. Why not pick it up for streaming and redo it there? Somebody will watch it. It'll, good chance you'll have extra viewers on your platform. Now regards to this movie, let's get back to it. We kind of strayed away for a little bit. What are the pros and what are the cons for this uh, this one hour, 18 minute special? I'll say this. The pros. It, this is definitely a jam, JMS. J. Michael Straczynski. J. Michael Straczynski wrote this. You could hear his humor. There is the humor part of it. Uh, I will say, let me put a little bit of negative in the positive. Um, the I like the animation store that the animation aspect of things. Uh, I think uh, the the CGI mixed in with it kind of felt a little bit odd, but it was also done well, and it kind of uh, the mix between the two was also done very well. Uh, it was very interesting to see that you've seen uh, you see this in anime uh, like anime. You've seen this in uh, a little bit on the cartoony side with Futurama, but it's there. Uh, it works for this, and it fits just well. But here's the the con in the bad. I say the con in the pro. Uh, as stated, you had a good eight people since the show initially went off air pass over the Rainbow Bridge or as those who have worked and are part of the Babylon 5 family and fandom would state is that they have gone past the rim. Um, meaning that they, again, they've went across that Rainbow Bridge. Uh, they went to the clearing at the end of the past. They are no longer amongst us. Their, their tale has ended but though it's said that these actors and actresses could not bring their voices back 
for this or their roles in this feature but but the folks that filled those very large shoes and those large and or those large shadows whichever you want to place uh did such a well job very well job very good job not very well very good job in doing their best uh the folks that passed was richard briggs tim chote jeff conway jerry doyle mira furland stephen first andreas andreas katosas and michael o'hare now richard briggs played uh dr stephen furland he played the doctor in regards to this um Tim Koche was the original, I think he was the original, um, the original Zathras in regards to this, the, the show, and, uh, Tim, Jeff Conway was one of the security guards, he was chief of security for a little while in the later seasons, um, for the bulk of the series, Jerry Doyle was the chief of security, then he, he got promoted in the show, so forth and so on. But he was in the Jerry was part of the show for the longest while. Um, Mira Furland was Ambassador Dillon. Uh, Stephen First was one of the uh, diplomatic attaches. Uh, Andreas Catus uh, was Ambassador Takar, and Michael O'Hare was the first captain of. Uh, he was Captain Jeffrey, Sin Jeffrey Sinclair. He was also Ambassador Jeffrey Sinclair. But I will say this. The folks, the great folks that replaced them. I would say this. The person who played uh, Rebecca, uh, Dylan was Rebecca Reedley. The person who played Jakar was Andrew Morgadio. Uh, no, I'm butchering these folks' names. Um... The person, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry's character, let's see here, um, uh, let me put it here, who, who played Jerry, who played Jerry, um, I think it was Piotr played Jerry, uh, he played, De no, he played David Sheridan, let's see here, it doesn't have the full cast, damn you, uh, <laughs> damn you, damn you, damn you, uh, I want to pull up IMDB in regards to this. Because uh, they're not giving me the full cast. They're giving me some, but not all. So give me a minute. I'll try to fill dead air while it's pulling up. And let's see here. See all. Pull it up. Let's see what they have. Now, the person who played uh, Zathra, Paul Giot played Jeffrey Sinclair. And uh, Zathras. Let me put it like this. And who played? Uh, let's see here. Who played Jerry? Jerry's role. Let's see here. Let's see. They don't give his role. How dare? Um, how dare they? How dare they? Oh, Andre Hansen played uh, Michael Gary Garibaldi, aka Jerry Doyle's character. Um, Anthony did a bang-up job voicing uh, Michael Gary Baldy and replacing Jerry. I'm not knocking Jerry's uh, rendition of the character, his OG rendition. I'm not knocking any of the folks 
that replace the deceased characters at all or their memory. I'm just saying the the folks that did it, I'm giving them a shout out. Yeah, again, I'm butchering their names. Um, Anthony did a bang up job in regards to do it. Um, uh, Phil, the le legendary voice actor himself, Phil Lamar, uh, filled in for Richard Briggs in regards to filling in for uh, Briggs's role as Dr. Stephen Franklin. You could, and I'll say this, I didn't, I kind of knew that Phil Lamar was going to be voicing the character. It didn't sound like Phil Lamar. Uh, no, let me say, let me give a little context to that. When an established voice actor, whether it be Phil Lamar, uh, Billy West, John DiMaggio, Tara Strong, when those actors and actresses voice a role, a lot of times you could tell it's that act, that actor or actress. This time, I couldn't tell. I didn't know until the credits rolled. So that's um, he did a bang up job. Um, the person who did Delenn, Rebecca Ridley. Uh, uh, granted, I am butchering her name. Uh, she try. I'll say this. Here's a little bit of pro, a little bit of con in the pro. She tried her best uh, trying to fill in for Mira Furland. Um, Mira had um, a year. I could. I don't know exactly where uh, Miss Furland was from in, in Europe, but she had a unique uh, accent. Like think uh, how British. Some British folks, or uh, if you watch Doctor Who. Uh, whether it be uh, Christopher Eccleston or uh, David Tennant, they have a unique accent. Uh, Miss Furland had that accent that she brought, giving her role a more of an exotic and alien aspect. And there's nothing wrong with that, just that it added an extra bit of character to her role. And she also, when Miss Furland played her role in the live-action version, it was very innocent, very at times childlike. Um, I'm not saying uh, Miss Furland or Rebecca uh, played a child. The character was no way a child, but there was that childlike innocence when it came uh, to her, with her interactions to humans. Uh, Rebecca did her damnedest trying to mimic Miss Furland the best she could. She was maybe about 90% there. Um, there were at times that Rebecca tried to mimic Miss Furland's accent and just was able to do it for a brief amount of time. Um, the person who played Zathras uh, did he did oh my god he, he hit Zathras on the, the, dude, uh, I can't, he hit, he played the character so well, and JMS, this is where JMS's humor, uh, JMS knows how to do drama and humor and mix the two together, and this exact, is exactly where that humor was sh shined, was with Zathras. 
and there were so many nods back to uh, the show and everything else, but you don't really need uh, to know the the storyline and the jokes, but it's there. Um, you could tell the humor for it and everything else, but he hit the nail on the head. Uh, let's see, what was his name again? Paul D and he also played Jeffrey Sinclair. Uh, I think, yeah, um, it's because uh, Michael O'Hare, who was initial, uh, the original captain of Babylon 5 in the first season, he passed away. So Paul fit in the best he could for it. And playing both uh, Zathras and Jeffrey, he did an awesome job. Uh, he went, I'd say, 12 out of 10 for Zathras. Um, and in regards to Andrew playing Jakar, um, Jakar, uh, Jakar was one of those that not only did Andreas have that power and that charisma that he brought to Jakar, uh, it's kind of hard to um, put a finger on and describe. And Andrew did his best, and you could tell he could. He was there. He was. I'd say eight out of ten there. Um, now here's where we get into some of the cons. Um, since it was close to twenty years ago since Babylon, anything Babylon Five was on the air. Um, there was a lot of. Um, I would say, not loopholes, but um, a lot of differences that I think JMS forgot. I think he forgot that um, pretty much uh, uh, Lita and Alexandra was this legit OP character. Pretty much uh, there's parts in the, the show where she could have just reached out with her hand or her mind and just... Uh, decimated her opponents but that never happened um i think it could have happened but they still needed that pg rating uh, stuff like that uh, but again where the age and the difference in that was i'd say what brings me, even though i'm a fan i should be ranting and raving how great this was and all that um the the folks that were the OG characters, for the exception of Bruce Boxinger and Claudia Christian, um, who brought their A-game, but I think with the remaining cast, that is, um, you didn't really see it with uh, Tracy's character, a.k.a. Uh, the character's name is Elizabeth Lockley, um, too much. Uh, or Claudia Christian's character, which who was uh, she voiced uh, Susan Ivanova in the, this uh, movie. You didn't see that with um, the character Susan Ivanova or Elizabeth Lockley or Lita that much. You saw it. You saw it in regards to the ca their characters in a way, um, and how they were at times, including Bruce Boxinger's. But um, let me go back to the pro. 
there were several things that um, was shout-outs to Season 1 of Babylon 5. And if you remember the episode, uh, you would see that and see how it comes together and how it played out. So that was nice to see. But uh, where a lot of the age fits in with this, I don't know if it was the fault of... Uh, J. Michael Straczynski being away from this universe for so long or the fact that uh, the two actors and the characters two actors voicing uh, these two characters not doing it for close to 20 years kind of lost their edge for it um, would hurt things in a way and what I'm talking about is um, the actor Peter Jurassic. Uh, I think, again, I'm butchering the names. Again, if they ever hear this, I apologize. Uh, Peter voiced his character, or returned to voice his character, Londo Molari. And he, he didn't have that same edge when if you went back and watched uh, the original Babylon 5. It, it wasn't there somehow. Uh, there was a hint of it, but it wasn't at 100%. I want to say maybe about 60 to 75% tops. The other character uh, was voiced by Billy Moomy. Uh, yes, uh, I'm butchering his name. Uh, he voiced his character, Lanier. Some of you might know Billy because he was most famous for his role on from Lost in Space. Now, um... Billy has done stuff between Babylon 5 and Lost in Space, but he hasn't done much since reviving his role in this and Babylon 5. Um, but uh, he seemed to have lost... His character didn't have the same innocence or edge to it that from the live action from what I remember. Uh, but there were hints of it, but it's kind of hard to tell uh, because some things are... I want to say filmed or recorded. I'll say recorded in order. Meaning where if you watch the beginning of this movie. Um, they could have been when they first recorded. Um, because there's times that you, when you watch it. The people like Peter, Claudia, uh, Tracy, Patricia. All were hitting their, you know, their stride with, in regards to reprising their characters, whereas both Bill and Peter, you didn't see that until uh, either closer to the end, and at times they'd hit that mark with their their voice acting, then lose it in the next shot. Um, it, it was strange, and it kind of put me off a little bit. I, so, is it worth, was it, is it worth full price right now? Uh, in regards to if it's like $12 or higher. Um, no. Um, I'd say wait until it goes on sale again like I did. I waited until it was like, for a while it was like $20 or $15, 15 to $20. And during Black Friday it was $10. I'd say wait till it goes on sale or on a streaming service such as Tubi or, or rent it. Uh, I'd say rent it. That way it shows that there is interest for this. But uh, I liked it. Uh, I'll say this. Let me go back to a little bit of a back topic. Um, 
that is uh, where JMS's humor is in this. Is again, it correlates with Billy Billy Mooney. Uh, apparently, because of rights issue, they could not say uh, that a character was lost in space. Um, that's where it, you hear like it becomes like a fourth wall break, and the person that mentions it or says the lines like. Or you could be lost in... Oh, we can't say that due to a copyright. And it's the character Zathras. And it fits the character so well because the character comes off as a little bit insane and they dive a little bit more into the Zathras spe species a little bit. So it also fits for his species. Um, so it's wonderful and shows... The, again, the humor that JMS does and allowed him to expand on some things and doing so, again, with JMS, it seems like he was reaching for it and going for something and losing it. Um, not sure why. And it was also uh, nice, I'll end it like this, it was also nice to see at the end of uh, the credits uh, it states, I'm looking at it right now, two absent friends in memory, still bright. And it lists all the actors and actresses that have passed away since the show shuttered its doors, oh, so many years ago. Um, it had a not, also, the, this movie, uh, if you want to call it that, because it was only... I, I'm going to reduce the volume here so we can start things up again. So, it that's, I wouldn't call it a movie. Um, this, mo this movie was one hour, 18 minutes long from start to last credit scene. So, as much uh, as I did the uh, listener shout out in regards to if you watch Babylon 5 and if you watch this... Uh, Please let us know uh, what your thoughts were of Babylon 5. What do you, your thoughts on the remastered version of Babylon 5 that might be on Tubi and or Voodoo. Uh, if you've seen it, what your thoughts on that were. Uh, what your thoughts, if you've seen Babylon 5 or Road Home, what your thoughts in regards to it. And for those of you out there that have listened this far, I want to know what your thoughts are in regards to what, how um, how long do, should a movie be? What's the minimum? I'll say this. What's the minimum time should a movie be? Um, how long? I'll say this. I'll Let me expand on that. When it comes to movies, there's things called shorts. Then you have full-length movies. What's the, the minimum length for a short? And what constitutes the maximum length for a short before it becomes a movie? And is there, a, what do you think the difference should be between that maximum length to a actual minimum length for a movie? Because uh, there are some people out there that think that anything under a hour and a half, I um, or 90 minutes is not a movie. It's a short. Um, whereas maybe an hour and 29 minutes might be exactly a movie.
but um, is 90, anything under a minute, uh, an hour and a half considered a movie? Do you count the credits in regards to the total movie length? Um, what are your thoughts? Please let us know if you're listening on Podbean or Good Pods. Um, put a comment. Put a review. Let us know. Uh, uh, follow us. Leave a comment and we'll, we'll read it. But if you use other uh, podcasting apps, whether it be Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts before it becomes something else or goes the way of the dodo, let us know via email. Which And our email is longcoatmafia at gmail.com. Uh, or leave a message uh, on one of our posts on Facebook, uh, or leave us a message on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash thelongcoatmafia.podbean.com. I'm sorry. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash thelongcoatmafiapodcast. Our main website is thelongcoatmafia.podbean.com. All our links are in the description down below, wherever you find podcasts and good chance you'll be able to click those links uh i'm sure with podbean you're like podbean yes when it comes to good pods i am sure you are able to click our links there as well so and i'm finding that out right now and let's see let's pull up one of our episodes on good pods that is let's see one of the are they in blue? Come on, blue. Come on, blue. More. Yes, all our links are in blue. And if you tap those links on Good Pods or any of the uh, apps that are out there that let you do so, please click them. Follow, give us a like, follow, uh, or subscribe to us on Good If you're listening to us on Good Pods and found us there, um, subscribe to us, uh, rate us. Because it allows us to get higher in the algorithm. Same thing with Spotify. Rate us. Uh, listen to us all the way through. Uh, it makes us get better in the algorithms. Subscribe to us on your favorite platform so you could hear what we provide. And since uh, our newish computer is getting finicky in some ways, if you wish to support us um, financially, I'll you may do so. We do have our links to how you can do that in our description down below. Uh, but if you can't do that, we are just as happy if you subscribe to us on one of the many podcasting apps. YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those apps, those helps us, helps us out. Um, sharing our posts on social media. Uh, subscribing to us on uh, YouTube, liking, commenting there, uh, the whole nine yards. All that helps us grow. The more we can grow, the better off we are. And stay tuned for to us. Please stay tuned to this app or wherever you're listening to us because this Wednesday we will be releasing our main episode for the week. It's our full-length episode where we go past a Probably an hour, if not close to two hours, if not more, and deep dive, uh, deep dive, deep dive into several to- topics with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. So please join us back 
on this platform that you just listened to us to. So either way, once again, I'm a gamer, I'm wearing a bikini, and I am out of here. Good night, everybody. See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia.